lately, with all this quarantine stuff, I've kind of been in a philosophical mood. So bear with me, this might be a little bit more of a philosophical homily. Question that often comes up, at least whenever I'm in getting these moods and you know with a lot of time on my hands, is I start thinking, you know, these big existential questions. But almost every existential question that I ponder lands back to one question. And that is this. What is the value of Christianity in today's modern world? What is the value of Christianity in today's modern world? Better yet, what is it that Jesus Christ offers us that differs so greatly from what the world offers us? Why did he need to come, live, and die for us? And I ask that question because that seems to be a very pertinent question in today's day and age. We live in a world advancing constantly in technology, where people believe that secular ethics can replace the need for the moralism that religion, that religion offers us, and offering a greater connectability, replacing the community that the faith can give us. Thus, the question often becomes, what's the point of religion? What's the point of Christianity? In fact, even the Dalai Lama, His Holiness Himself, for those who are unfamiliar with the Dalai Lama, he's like the Tibetan Pope of Buddhism. And he wrote a book, I couldn't believe this, but I'm actually reading it right now, called Beyond Religion. The guy makes a living off of religion, and now he's writing a book called Beyond Religion. And the thesis of his book, Beyond Religion, is basically because we have modern day technology, and because we have modern science, we don't need to turn to religion to unite us. Religion just divides us. Religion just confuses us. Religion cannot be a basis in which we can have ethics or community. Instead, we need to just value the fact that we are all a human family. It's a very, very common belief throughout the world. Hopefully not as common here in Lafayette, Louisiana, but this is very common worldwide. That's why I think this question is important. What is it? that Jesus offers us that differs so greatly? Why do we need to be here? Why is it so important that we have church services even in the midst of a coronavirus? Why is it so important that some of us risk our health and our wellness by coming here right now? What's the point of it all? And I think Jesus answers that question in today's gospel passage in the Last Supper discourse. In this discourse, Jesus unveils his plan for salvation. He unveils his, his, his desire for us to be united to him for eternity. He unveils his love and he tells us who we really are, what our identity really is in his eyes in this discourse. It's a revolutionary discourse, probably the most beautiful discourse that Jesus spoke coming after maybe, maybe, but probably not the Sermon on the Mount. And the thing is that Jesus in this discourse offers us Three things. It shows us three things that he brings us that the world could never provide. The first thing he introduces to us is this foreign concept called love. Love. Now, you know, I say this and you guys are probably thinking, that's not very foreign, Father. Everybody always talks about love. In a sense, yes, you're right. 
But the fact of the matter is, is we live in a world that worships science and worships technology, behaving as if it's the end all, making man nothing more than an evolutionary speck in the universe, rendering us orphans, designed to slug our living in this world until death do we part. It's a very, very sad outlook if our life and our identity consists in technology. It can, it, it's very, very pointless. And the problem is that basically strips man of his greatest need. Intimacy. Greatest need to be close to people. Greatest need to be united to one another. The fact of the matter is, no one wants to be lonely. No one wants to be alone with the exception of maybe Father Sibley. It's been a hard quarantine for him. Even the scriptures say that it's not good for man to be alone. But the beauty of today's gospel passage is that Jesus tells us that we will not be orphans. And that we will be cared for. That we have an advocate in the Holy Spirit and that we can call God our Father. My dear friends, these claims are completely unprecedented in today's modern society, even in the ancient world. See, the secular world speaks of love, but it's purely human love. That's it. Conditional, fleeting, flaky human love. The thing that, 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 that the secular world is missing is divine love. Constant, firm, something you can sink your teeth into. The secular world has none of that. The universe does not love us. The earth does not love us. Even if you deify the earth, which seems to be a very common thing in today's secular society, to call earth Mother Earth. That's not a Christian term, by the way. That's a pagan term. But to call it Mother Earth, the fact of the matter is, is even if you love Mother Earth, nine times out of ten, Mother Earth don't love you. You're polluting the globe. You're driving, you know, gas emission, CO2 emission vehicles. You're improving your carbon footprint. You're putting a hole in the ozone layer. Mother Earth does not like you with all of the killing of endangered animals you're doing to her. And the fact that the bugs are, exist, are, are just wiping off the base of the planet. I always get a kick out of like the National Geographic covers because it's basically like the covers could basically all, the cover stories could all be just united into one basic category. Why humans are bad. I mean, it's like, it's very, very common that to, for us to look, and especially biologists, to look at humanity as a plague upon Mother Earth. Point being is that even our secular deities don't love us. There is no divine love from the modern world. Nothing constant. But in Christianity, that all changes. Because what, what Christianity shows is that we have love not just from our fellow man, which is lovely and quite enjoyable, I think we all appreciate that, but from God himself. And with that love comes many gifts. The gifts of freedom from sin, eternal life, and complete and total fulfillment. Something that the world could never, ever offer. Which leads to our second thing that Jesus gives us. So first thing, gives us love. Second thing, he gives us law. Law. In today's world, there's minimal law. These laws, there are laws, sure, about crossing the street, driving cars, building houses. But when it comes to the soul, nary a law can be found. Laws for the soul are despised in the modern world. The only semblance of love you will see of the soul or for the soul in modern law is that you need to do what you want, when you want, and how you want it. 
And ladies and gentlemen, that is a pure introduction to misery. Because it leaves us without any, t- any, any purpose. It leaves us without any direction. It leaves us without any goals. It does not give us any hope. I mean, I, you know, there's, every now and again I run into children who have no fathers or who have no mothers and who just essentially are told that this is their life. And they're angry. They're sad. Because they have no direction. They have no purpose. And yet I see these kids who grow up in military households, and these kids are like some of the happiest kids in the world. Why? Because they have purpose. They have direction. It's, a, it's just an, a funny paradox that the world does not always recognize. Regardless, the fact of the matter is, is this differs in Christianity. Jesus came and says in today's gospel, Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father. In other words, Jesus promises us the world and more if we follow his commandments. Now that's an interesting, interesting take. So it sounds tyrannical at first, right? Here, I'll give you everything. You just got to follow me and do everything that I tell you. But that's how the world works. That's how everything works. You can't go to school if you, you, excuse me, the only way you can go to school is if you pass your classes and behave yourself. The only way you can buy a car is if you pay the money, and the only way you can come to the church is if you follow the rules, coronavirus or not. You have to follow the rules. Law is written into our lives, but it's also written into our souls. And you know where we see these laws in our souls? Fairy tales. I love fairy tales. Kids, you can never be too old for fairy tales. Fairy tales will teach you everything you ever need to learn about life, all right? What do fairy tales show us? They show us if you want a handsome prince, you need to kiss a frog. If you want to soar above the clouds, you need to plant some magic beans. And if you want to go to a ball in a beautiful carriage, be sure to come back before midnight. Kids, you need to remember that. Come back before midnight, all right? Before the clock strikes midnight. The point being is we get all kinds of beautiful, amazing things for just following a little, tiny precept. My dear friends, we inherit eternal life. We get fulfillment. We get all kinds of glorious things. We become like God if we simply follow Jesus' commandments, which are not that unreasonable. Love one another, as I have loved you. Any secularist would tell you this. And love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's not that unjust. He's given us so much. Why not tell him thank you? So love one another and tell God thank you. That's essentially all it takes, and we can inherit eternal life. An incredible gift. That is the beauty of law. And as you might guess, the third thing that Jesus gives us is order. Love, law, and order. See, lawless worlds lead to disorder. And whenever we have a world full of lawlessness, what ends up happening is might makes right. If you want a good example, go to prison or go to Somalia. One of the two. We both places where there's almost pure anarchy. And what happens? It's all about the strong man. Might makes right. But Jesus comes in and baptizes humanity, gives us laws, gives us rules. And what does he do? He instills in us a sense of order. Where it's not might makes right. It's right makes right. It's not just how strong you are. It's how correct you are. How close to the truth you are. How, how, how close to Jesus you are. And because of that, if we can, if in, because of that order, Jesus gives us a place of belonging. He gives us a place to hide. And he gives us a place where you and I can dwell for eternity. 
And so, my dear friends, that's the answer to the question. What is it that Jesus brings us? In this time where we worship technology, in this time where we worship the, the world, where we worship you know, science, what is it that Jesus brings us? He gives us an adventure. He gives us a purpose. He gives us meaning, even in this coronavirus. He reminds us that we can still fight on, that we still have a war at hand, and that we still have love, we still have law, and we still have order. So my dear friends, may we continue to consecrate ourselves to the Lord, remembering that while the world might continue to push him aside, we want to cling to him. Because he's the one that gives us meaning and purpose. He's the one who actually loves us. Amen.